following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> Joe, think I'd run off and left you? Uh, never. That never happened. Uh, my wife said in these last three weeks that I've been battling this, whatever it is, she said, I've gotten sweeter. Well, maybe I need to stay under a little longer. I don't know. What a joy to see all of you tonight. I, I think I'm thinking right. I really do. I think I'm all right. But if I'm not, don't hold it against me tonight because I've got a little experience up here and I've messed up before. And so don't, just don't count against me tonight. I'm so excited to be in God's house. Amen. And if there was me and one old cowboy here tonight, I'd be happy. Uh, you know, I've told this story before and I'm going to tell it again because it's a good story. Out in New Mexico one night, an old preacher showed up at the church, and there was one old cowboy. It was a cold, snowy night. And so the preacher got up, and he thought, you know, there's no reason. There's no reason for me to preach tonight. This one old cowboy, we just have prayer together, and I'll walk out of here, and he'll go home. And so they prayed, and he started walking out, and the cowboy said, preacher, preacher. He said, I'm a cowboy, and said, I got a bunch of cows, and if one cow shows up, I feed her. So the preacher got to feeling guilty, got up in the pulpit and reared back and preached over an hour. He went down, he went down and shook that old cowboy's hand. The cowboy said, preacher, if just one cow shows up, I don't give her the whole load. <laughs> so I promise I won't give you the whole load tonight. But I'm so honored. I met two brand new people here tonight, a young man and a young lady that found our church on this Wednesday night, and I told both of them that on a normal Wednesday, we're wall to wall. Can you give me a witness on that? And uh, I understand. You know, we got some folks probably got lost in New Orleans. They're probably not back because they're lost somewhere between here and New Orleans. They probably got to Lafayette, so that's as far as they want to go. And then we have folks, it's still a holiday, and they're gone. And then we got folks, we got folks that thought it was just too nice of a night to set home. And so they're, they're roasting their chestnuts by an open fire. And they're watching Matlock or whatever they're doing tonight. And it's all right. It's okay. I give them a hall pass because that's what we are. That's what we do. But Sunday morning, we're going to be in church here Sunday morning. We're going to be here Sunday morning. God's given me some, some stuff for the first of the year. And I want to start on Sunday morning preaching to you and and believing that God will absolutely take this church to another level this year. It's a new year. You know, this, this year is the last year of a decade. So if you've been carrying some stuff around for the last 10 years, it's time to go ahead and turn that over to the Lord. So you can go into 2020, a, a, a brand new, a 2120, a brand new decade. A brand new decade with some new heart and some new desire. So this is the year that we dump all the stuff that's been holding on to us for a long time and we move forward in the name of the Lord. And 2021-20 is going to be a great, great year, but this year is going to be a year of saying, you know what, I'm clearing house. I'm getting rid of some things that's been holding me captive. I'm tired of it hanging around for 10 years. I'm going to move forward in the name of the Lord in 2019. Amen, amen. And so that's what we're going to talk about. So I believe that God's helping us and God's with us. Now, I've got two things to share, Brother Ted and Brother Tom, if y'all will come up, bring that up here with you. 
I got a flag today. I got a flag, the Texas flag. I'm not going to unfold. It's a Texas flag. And uh, my birthday was December 28th. I didn't get to celebrate with you all on Sunday. But I got this flag today from some members of this church. This flag flew over the capital in our city. Uh, it flew over the capital in our city on December the 28th. And that's my birthday. And to the precious people that brought this, I'm not going to name names, but to the precious people that brought this, thank you. It's such an honor that you think of your pastor like this, that you would bring a flag to me. And I think it's so neat. Would you clap for this flag, the flag of Texas? It's pretty neat. And so I honor, I honor all this church. In fact, on my birthday, I'm going to talk a little bit before I talk. I'm going to talk a little before I talk. But on my, on my, you know, I'm not a Facebook person. I'm not an Instagram person. And the reason I'm not is because I don't like those, those messages, private messages to me and want me to counsel them online because nobody can read it right. They don't get the inflection of my voice and the tone of my spirit when I'm writing and typing. So I just, I left it a long time ago. But Patty sat the other day at the table and read me over 250, 60 messages from you folks. Uh, and I have to tell you, I wept. I wept because, you know, when you do this kind of work, sometimes you're loved and sometimes you say, well, I don't like what he said tonight. But you love this pulpit. You love this pastor. You love this church. And you show it from time to time in such a beautiful way. And I want to say thank you. Thank you. But even greater than that, even greater than that is the calls that I've been receiving and the texts I've been receiving that you've been praying for me. Because I have been battling here a little bit the last three weeks. It's three weeks today that this attacked me after a Wednesday night service. It's attacked me. And it's been with me. And I, I don't know if it's not a spiritual battle. I don't know. But I do know one thing. That whatever came on, there's a power greater that will take this thing off of me. It will take it off of me. And the pain will go and God will get the glory. Amen. And if it's when I'm preaching on Sunday morning or when I'm preaching tonight, I'll take off jumping and hollering. Because I'm so excited that I serve a God who can and a God who will. Amen. And I honor him tonight. So thank you for this. And then I, this, this next one is just a little bit carnal. It's a little carnal, more carnal than the flag. But I got something here. I, I got another thingy here. Last night, I don't know if you folks knew it or not, but Texas played Georgia. Did y'all know that? Okay. Hold that, Tom. Texas played Georgia last night, and we won. We won. And it was a shock. It was the miracle on Canal Street or whatever that. It's a miracle on Bourbon Street or whatever. And, 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 and today, today, uh, a family walked in the church and uh, brought me something here that's pretty special. Back in 2006, there was a young man named Vince Young who took our Texas Longhorns out to California and we played the mighty Trojans of USC. And with about 19 seconds to play, Vince Young went in for the winning touchdown and scored the two-point conversion. We beat him 41-38. Anybody remember that? All right, now... If you can remember that good deed 12 years ago, you ought to remember some good deeds God's given you 12 years ago. Amen. And so today, on the back side of the victory last night, I had some people come in, turn it around here, Ted, just sweep it, swap it around here, and bring me this. Now, let me explain what this is. This is a Vince Young jersey, VY, most valuable player, 
Number 10. In that game, every player wears two jerseys. They have two jerseys, one that they wear, and they have a backup jersey on the sideline, so they have to go to the locker room. If somebody tears their jersey or somebody rips their jersey, they got to put another jersey on. This was Vince Young's backup jersey in the championship game that he, oh yeah. And if you come to steal it, God's going to take your hand off. And, and, and this was his backup jersey in the 2006 Rose Bowl National Championship game. And he never had to use it, but he signed it immediately after the game. It went to a private auction and somebody went and bought it and brought it to pastor today. And I am so honored. And there it is. There's two guys, there's two guys in my world that I, I really admire. One is Roger Staubach with the Dallas Cowboys. And the other is Vince Young of the Texas Longhorns. Because I just think that they're just kind of special on the top side of life. And I love Colt McCoy. And if he hadn't got hurt, Alabama would have rolled out of the stadium, would have whipped Alabama in 2010. And my son-in-law is here, and I don't care who's here, but my son-in-law. But this, this is a gift, and I want, to, I want to tell everybody. So I want you all to see it. It's pretty special, isn't it? Thank you, guys. That's all. That's all I got for you. That's all I got. I love sharing with you folks because... You know, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm here with y'all. I love you. And uh, Ted, you and Tom, make sure that gets back to my office, okay? <laughs> amen, amen. <laughs> the watch team. Would you stand? You're awesome people. I love you. I'm not going to be lengthy. We are taking communion tonight. And uh, I appreciate you being here. I really, really do. And um, I know that the crowd is, is not what it normally is, but I'm not dismayed at all. I understand life. And I told Patty when we was leaving the house, it was raining cats and dogs at our house. And I said, you know, I don't blame some people tonight. I don't really blame them. But I do want to send an appreciation your way and say thank you. Thank you. Because you showed up here tonight. I'm not going to give you the whole load. But I'm going to bless you with the word of the Lord on this first Wednesday night of the year. Everybody say January the 2nd. second. Everybody say my future. My future. Arrived. Yesterday, Yesterday. January 1, my future arrived yesterday. Let's have a future this year, all right? Let's go ahead and do it. Let's go ahead and do it. I'm calling it tonight. I'm calling what I'm talking about tonight, beginnings. Everybody say beginnings. Beginnings. I love beginnings. I do love endings also, but I love beginnings. And God is a God that gives us fresh starts and fresh beginnings in our life. And I honor him tonight. You may be seated. I'm going to tell some stories tonight. Like I normally do. You love my stories, so don't walk out on my stories. Won't be lengthy. I heard about an old man that moved to a retirement center and he found a lady he was attracted to, and she was attracted to him also. And finally, one evening, he proposed to her. And the next morning, he woke up remembering his proposal, but he couldn't remember her answer. So he went to her and he said, I'm really embarrassed. I proposed to you last night, but I can't remember if you said yes or no. She said, Oh, thank God. I remember saying yes, but I couldn't remember who asked me. (laughs) May your memory be better than that. I won't ask you if you've resolved to lose weight you gained between Thanksgiving and Christmas tonight, or if you're planning on joining a health club, if you're planning to start running five miles a day. By the way, five miles is the total aggregate of a lifetime of running for me. The late Irma Bombeck made some memorable resolutions over the years. She said, I will never go to a doctor whose office plants have died. 
I'm going to follow my husband's suggestion, she said, to put a little excitement in my life. I'm going to start living within our budget. <laughs> she said, I'm going to apply for the hardship scholarship to Weight Watchers. She one time said, I have lost 1,262 pounds and I have gained 1,263 pounds in my life. She said, I will never loan my car to anyone I have given birth to. <laughs> the comic writer has some words of comfort for those who, of us who are setting resolutions. He said, don't worry about keeping those 2019 New Year's resolutions. You'll only have to deal with them until February. And then you can give them up for Lent. <laughs> resolutions are good. Especially if there are changes we need to make in our lives. I heard about one guy who dialed his girlfriend and got the following recording on her phone. She said, I'm not available right now, but thank you for caring enough to call. I'm making some changes in my life. Please leave a message after the beep. And if I do not return your call, you're one of the changes I'm making. <laughs> you know, I've been sick. That's funny to me. The name of the month we're in right now that starts the year is January. Everybody say January. January. It's got its, it got its name from a Roman god, Janus. And if you look at Janus's picture, go Google Janus's picture. It isn't strange. He has two faces. One is looking forward and the other was looking backwards. One is looking at the future and the other is looking at the past. He's also known as the god of doorkeepers. That's a little g and beginnings. And eventually gave his name to the first month of the year. Here's what I want to declare. I know many times we have to look back to see where we have been. And I know we want to look forward to see where we are going. But I want to declare it to you. There's a time when you've got to turn your head around and forget some things back there. And start pointing in a direction of tomorrow. Because 18 is over. It's gone. It's over. And it's in your past. And if you had some victories back there, oh, claim them and say, God's going to give me more in 2019. But if you have some disappointments back there, you don't need to bring those with you. You need to go ahead and say, God's going to help me in a greater measure than he's ever helped me in my life. Amen. Amen. I have resolved not to make any resolutions, one person said, because nobody is perfect. And they said, I'm a nobody, therefore, I'm perfect. You'll get that after a while. <laughs> Exodus chapter 12 says simply this. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt saying, I didn't put it on the screen. This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to the congregation of Israel saying, on the 10th month of this, on the 10th of this month, every man shall take for himself, everybody say a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. Everybody say a lamb for a house. And if the house is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of persons, according to each needs, and shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be, everybody say, without blemish, a male of the first year, and you may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now, I want to declare something here right now, and then I, I, want, to, I, want, to, I want to feast on this a little bit. When the, when the sin offering was given and was taken by the priest for the people, once a year, the, everybody would bring a lamb to the high priest 
when they were in, in, the, in the land of Israel. They would bring a lamb. And even in the wilderness, they'd bring a lamb. And the priest would examine that lamb. And if the lamb was perfect, he would turn back and say, your sins are rolled ahead. But here's what you got to understand. The priest would never look at the person bringing the lamb. He would never ask what the offense was. He would only look at the lamb. And if the lamb met specifications, it didn't matter what the sin was. It was forgiven and it was rolled ahead. When John saw Jesus on the banks of the Jordan, he said, behold, the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the whole world. Here's what I want to declare. He turned his back on all the people on the banks ready to be baptized. And he said, I found a lamb that can take any sin, any curse, any demon out of your spirit and give you hope in your life. Isn't it an awesome thing to know? It's not how bad my sin is. It's how good my God is that matters. I love that. So your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it till the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses, boom, 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 where they eat. And then they shall eat the flesh on the night, roasted in fire, with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boil it at any, with any water, but roast it with fire. Its head and its legs and its entrails are the pertinence thereof. You shall not let none of it remain till morning. And what remains of it till morning, you shall burn with fire. In other words, if you don't eat it all, you burn it with fire. And thus you shall eat it with the belt on your waist and your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. I want to speak about the greatest beginning that a nation ever had in the whole Bible. Israel was captive to the Egyptians. The die was cast. Israel was subdued. They were cast down in Goshen. They were living in a little country called Goshen, living as slaves for 430 years, making bricks out of straw, being beat by the Egyptian taskmasters. And the reason that they were put in that light is because Pharaoh saw something in those people that they didn't see in themselves. And one of the reasons that there's a lot of people that go through trials and tribulations and trouble in your life is that the enemy of the church and the enemy of your soul sees more in your potential than you see in yourself. And somehow this year, I'd like for you to start opening your eyes to see that you are a child of God, that you are a son of God, that you're a daughter of the king. Amen. And there's something in you that hell despises. And when hell despises what you are, it's because he despises what he can do for you. Amen. It's not about us. It's about him. And I want us to understand. So these people were under the bondage of the Egyptians. Then God tells Moses, it's, it's about, it's about, he's about to perform a final plague. And with that plague at midnight, the Israelites, he said, will go free. The first plague that was ever given, there was 10 of them, was the Nile River was turned to blood. The second plague was frogs. The third plague was gnats. The fourth was flies. The fifth was sick livestock. The seventh was bulls. The eighth was insistent, thund insistent thunder and, and, and hail. And the, and the eighth was locust. And the ninth was darkness. So what was the final plague, Pastor? It was the plague of death 
of the firstborn of every house that does not have the blood of the lamb applied on its door. Let me say it again. It was the death of every house that does not have the blood of the lamb applied on its door. The firstborn of that house, both human and and animal, would be taken. It was the taking of the firstborn from the bloodless door. Now you gotta get this. So God instructs the Israelites, step one, take a male lamb, one year old, without blemish. Let me declare, first year ram, not a ewe, but a ram. Take it out from the goats or the sheep. Keep it until the 14th day of the same month. And all the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. So in other words, every house. So the way to start deliverance from bondage was very simple. Bring a lamb into your house. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and God saw them without any clothes and they saw themselves naked, they took fig leaves and they put them on themselves to hide from God. And God, looking in the Bible, took a lamb and slayed that lamb and took lamb's wool and clothed them and covered them and covered their sin. The very first time somebody fell, it was a lamb that had to die to cover the sin of the people. And when Israel was coming out of Egypt, it was a household now, not just a man, but a household. They needed the blood of the lamb to get out of Egypt. And then when they got in the wilderness, it was not blood for a man or blood for a household. It was blood for a nation of Israel. And God took them through the wilderness with the blood of the lamb, and they did it all the time. They sacrificed daily. And then when Jesus came, John said in 129, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. So hear me, whether it's a man in the garden, a household in Egypt, or whether it's a nation in the wilderness, or the whole world, there's nothing can save us like the blood of the Lamb of Almighty God. Clap your hands. There's nothing like the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. I know that there's a lot of churches and a lot of preaching has taken the blood out of the message, but as long as there's breath in my body, as long as there's strength in my spirit, the only thing that can wash away our sins is the blood of Jesus. The only thing that can make us whole again is the blood of Jesus. The only thing that can deliver us is the blood of Jesus. The only thing that can make us clean is the blood of Jesus. We are washed in the blood of the Lamb. Can you say amen to that? Everybody say, bring a lamb into your home. And don't just bring it in your house. Claim that lamb. Make it your lamb. Not someone else's lamb. It's time that we start understanding we need a lamb in our house. First of the year, put your, put your personal lamb in your house. See, there's a lot of gods in this world that people are worshiping, but there's only one lamb of God. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Bringing in the lamb is the beginning of deliverance. And here's what they were to do with that lamb. They were to take the blood and strike it upon the doorpost after they killed it. They were to eat the flesh in the night while they were standing. They never could sit down. They would roast it with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. It's not always good to the taste, but it's sweet to the spirit when you, when you partake of the lamb. Eat it not raw, nor sodden with water. Don't water down the lamb. Don't water it down. Roast it with fire, the head and the legs, not just the body. See, head relates to proper thinking. Legs relate to proper walking. 
So you got to eat the head and the legs and then the pertinence thereof. Can I say something? That's the guts. You got to eat the pertinence. You got to eat the entrails. Mm, Cook them up, mama. We're going to eat this lamb. Let nothing remain, but the remains, burn the remains with fire that the lamb be not wasted. I want to ask this congregation tonight in step number one that I've just preached. Are you ready on this first night to bring the lamb of God into your house? Are you ready to bring him in? Because when he comes in, some things have to go out. When he walks in, some things have to walk out. Because he's not going to share his glory with anybody else. And when he comes in, it's time to say, all right, you got to get and you got to get and you got to go because we've got a brand new statute in this house. We're going to bring the Lamb of God in this house and he's going to rule and reign in this house. And when you get him in there, when you get him in there, take the blood of the Lamb and put it on the windows and put it on the doors and put it everywhere you can. You know what I do about every month? I plead the blood of the Lamb over our house. I say, hell, you're not coming in this house. The alarm may not work one night, but Jesus is still awake every night. You're not coming in this place. It's time for us to claim the promises of God about the Lamb of God that he wants to bring into our house. Can you clap your hands and rejoice to that? Hallelujah. Now watch this. I love this. Step number two. This is a mental thing. Exodus 12 and 2. This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. Listen to that. It shall be the first month of the year to you. In other words, they could be in October when this happened. But it's going to be the first month. Everything that has to do with the Lamb of God always brings beginnings in your life. This shall be the beginning of months. From wherever month you are right now, it'll take you back to the first month. Whichever month you're in right now, it'll take you back to the first month. And whatever month you're living in, when you take in the lamb and eat the lamb, it's a beginning of months for you. It'll start all over in your life, a new beginning, a new start, a fresh start. Everyone needs a fresh start sometime, somewhere. Why not right here on this Wednesday night? Why not have a brand new beginning right here tonight? Come on. Anybody need a brand, anybody need a start over? Anybody need an over in your life? Anybody need an over? I preached a long time ago that God allows U-turns. I love that. God allows that you're walking down the road going the wrong way. God said, hey, I want you. And you, oh, yeah, God allows U-turns. And God gives fresh starts. The Bible said his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness to us. He daily loads us with benefits. There's nothing like the mercies and the grace and the glory of God. Why don't you bring the lamb into your house tonight Tell other things to get out of the house. Put the blood of the lamb on the door and on the windows of your life and have a brand new start. Have a brand new beginning. Walk out of here saying, you know what? It wasn't a whole bunch of people there tonight, but I got something from the word tonight that I can have a brand new start tonight. Come on now. It's a brand new month. Brand new month. Brand new month. I love this. Step number three. Verse four, if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbors next to his house take it according to the number of souls. In other words, if the lamb is too big for the house or the household be too little for the lamb, God never says that the lamb will be too small for the house. He always says the lamb will be larger than any house. 
you don't have to go get something else when you bring the lamb in. You don't have to have and, and, the lamb and. No, 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 no. When you have the lamb, there's not a house bigger than the lamb. There's not a problem larger than the lamb. There's not a situation greater than the lamb. There's not a disease in our body more awesome than the lamb. There's not anything better than the lamb. There's not anything mightier than the lamb. There's not anything greater than the lamb. There's not anything more awesome than the lamb. When you bring the lamb in, it's bigger than the house that it's sitting in. It'll never be small. It'll never be smaller than the house. It'll be bigger. And that word house comes from the word generations. The original is generations. In other words, it was big enough for mamaw and granddad. It was big enough for mom and dad. The lamb is big enough for my family. The lamb is big enough for my kids' families. The lamb is going to be big enough for my grandkids because it's the same lamb. And when you bring your household in, when you bring your household in, you can bring one lamb in that household and it'll be big enough. It'll be big enough. It'll be big enough. Hallelujah. Something just happened, folks. I don't have no pain in his arm now. I'm just telling you. Just telling you. Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo. I think I could make a pitch right now. This arm just been hanging by my side, but it's not hanging now anymore. Glory to God. There's not a pain in your body that's greater than the Lamb of God. There's not a disease that's greater than the Lamb of God. Somebody help me preach right now. Woo! Glory! 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 Hallelujah! 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 There's not a situation that my family's gonna ever get in that's larger and greater than the Lamb of God. There's not a problem that's gonna happen in our family that's greater than the Lamb of God. There's not a situation we're gonna face this year that's greater than the Lamb of God. There's not an issue on my job that's gonna be greater than the Lamb of God. There's not anything that's gonna happen in our jobs and in our schools and with our children that's greater than the Lamb of God. You hear me? You bring that lamb in. And if the house be too small, hallelujah, it's never too big. There's nothing you can bring and lay at his feet that he says, I can't fix that. He can fix anything. He can heal anything. He can save anybody. He is a God that knows what he's doing. Glory. Whew, I feel like I could cast a little bit right now. Cast some things off of me. It means before and now and after. The lamb's big enough for the whole house. It's big enough for your past. It's big enough for your present. It's big enough for your future. You're getting a hold of what I'm saying. I'm almost done. An old fellow had been in the north woods for several weeks by himself camping out. And each night at dusk, he built a campfire and boiled water for coffee and took out his skillet and fried some bacon for dinner. He was sitting by the fire one night, the water boiled and the bacon sizzling. He heard a tremendous racket in the brush. And the sound was like a roaring freight train. 
and his trees fell over and branches snapped. The biggest bear he ever saw lumbered into the clearing. And on the bear's back was a tough-looking hombre holding a seven-foot live rattlesnake in his hand. This is legend. And the man shouted and screamed as he brought the bear to a skidding halt and bit the head off the rattlesnake and flung it into the brush. Then he slid off the bear's back and turned and hit him between the eyes with his fist and knocked him unconscious. And the camper was speechless as this wild-eyed renegade walked over to the fire and tossed the boil and coffee down his throat and drank the hot grease from the skillet and ate the bacon in one bite. And as he wiped his hand with poison ivy, he slapped the bear back to consciousness and turned to the camper and said, Partner, I'm sorry. I can't stay around and visit you with you for a while, but I've got to keep moving because there's a real bad dude chasing me. That's funny to me. I want to tell you, there's not a dude chasing anyone here that's tougher than the presence and the power of Jehovah God. The lamb is big enough for the house. And I'm using my right hand to preach right now. Glory. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. I'm like Jesus. Don't tell anybody. We'll just see what happens. But boy, it's feeling good right now. Maybe it's just that anointing. I don't know. But step number four, and I close. Randy, come and help me. The Bible said the lamb is going to be bigger than the house. So I want you to share the lamb with your neighbors. I want you to share the lamb. I want you to tell somebody about Jesus. You know the best thing you can ever do? about witnessing is not getting arguments about biblical doctrines. But the best thing you can ever do is first of all have a good spirit and smile at people. Amen. That, that works. And second of all, pay attention to who they are, not what you are. And third of all, be as kind to them as anybody. You know what I tell waitresses and waiters, and my wife can validate this, just go ask her up to church. I say when they walk up to our table before they ever ask for our tea drink or whatever we're drinking, Diet Coke sometime, I, I slip into a Diet Coke. But I say, I say to them, hey, what's your name? They say, oh, my name is Cindy. Okay, Cindy, I'm Rex and that's Patty. How you doing? Fine. We introduce ourselves. Then I say, Cindy, you know what? We're going to be the best two people you've waited on all day long. And they look at you like you've fallen out of a tree. <laughs> and I said, when we leave, you're going to be blessed mightily. And it's not going to be on your actions. It's going to be because we're good people. You can't earn what we're going to do to you today. You can't earn it. We're going to, be, we're going to bless you today. I was with a preacher one time. They had a penny in his pocket, and our, our, our service was horrible. And he put a penny on top of the ketchup bottle. I said, what are you doing? He said, that's the tip. I said, tip? My Lord, man, you're insulting people. And he said, well, that's just the way it is. They don't do me right. I'm not going to do them right. I said, that ain't, that ain't Jesus' way. There was a woman waiting on some people on a, on a train one day, and they were, these four men were businessmen 
on a train headed to Pittsburgh. And when she came to wait on them, she was very careless and she was nervous and she is like these men intimidated her. And she dropped the coffee and she dropped one of them's plate and the plate shattered and it was bad. And one man said, what's wrong with you, woman? What's wrong with you? I'll never forget, I'll never forget this story. And the woman said, well, I'm sorry, but I lost my son this morning to a tragic accident. I don't have a husband. I'm the only person in the house that can bring in any kind of income. And my boy died today, 13 years old. And I called to try to get somebody to take my place on this train. And I couldn't get no substitute, so I had to stand in for myself or I'd lose the job that would support our family. I'm so sorry, she said. I'm so sorry. I'll do better next time. You never know. You just never know who's going to need a little comfort and going to need a little care. And we've got what they need. We've brought the lamb into our house. And that lamb works. That lamb works. I want my wife to know that I'm going to love her greater than I've ever loved her in my life this year. And I want you to know I'm going to preach this year like I've never preached to this church. I believe the word has to be preached in this house this year. I believe Jesus has to be exalted in this house this year. I believe the Holy Ghost has to have its way in this house this year. And I believe miracles have to take place, need to take place in this house regularly. And I believe new people ought to find Jesus all the time in this house. That's a grace package I'm asking for this year. Amen. Amen. And so one of those men reached in his pocket and pulled out a large bill. He said, ma'am, we're so sorry. And the man that had pounded the table and asked what was wrong with her started weeping. Because you never know. You just never know. Who needs the lamb? Everybody say, it's time to be kind to all people, especially those of the household of faith. It's time to be kind. I love the kindness of this church. Every morning during World War II, King Christian X of Denmark would ride through the streets of Copenhagen. And one morning he saw a Nazi flag flying from one of the Danish government buildings. This violated the surrender treaty that the Danes had been forced to accept by Hitler's government. And the king's car pulled over to the curb in front of the building where the German officer was standing. And the king of the Danish people, King Christian, said take that flag down. And the officer said it's orders from Berlin. The flag must be taken down before noon, the king continued. Otherwise, I'll send a soldier to do it. And the Nazi officer warned and said, the soldier will be shot. And the king said, I am that soldier. The flag was removed by noon because the king had won the day. Hear me. If a Danish king can look at a Hitler and say that flag's not going to be flown over at this house, 
we can look to our Savior and say, hell's flag, diseases, problems, issues will not be flown over our house. We're going to have deliverance in our home this year. In the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet and clap your hands all over this house right now. Let's, let's claim the victory of the Lord right now. Sing, we're going to sing.